0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Talking About Podcast. I am your host as always Daniel Olinger joined by Sean Kennedy and today joined by two good friends of mine Stone Hansen and Bryce Hendricks from the Upside Swings Podcast. Uh, they had me on their show to talk about the Sixers and their draft options a while back with the NBA draft happening next Thursday which if you're if you're gonna be watching the draft, you should be watching the Liberty Ballers draft live stream. We have planned. We're doing that again. But uh yeah, we're we're gonna get you guys all ready for draft day. if a good mock draft here, Stone and Bryce. And yeah, how are you guys doing?
1: I'm great, man. This is uh this is exactly what I needed after a long day of work. So so very excited to talk more draft. I'm doing well.
2: You, I'm doing well. Um really exhausted with all this draft work, but we're almost there branding it out so I was excited to do another mock draft here
0: today. Sean are you ready to moderate as you did
3: last year for me at Jackson <laughs> Frank? Exactly yeah exactly um I'm looking forward to it looking to learn a lot about these draft prospects that you guys are going to talk about and which I largely don't know too much about um it does seem with each passing day like there's a better probability the Sixers will actually be using their picks um we haven't heard any uh significant rumors or anything beyond the the usual buzz in the background so uh it seems like Sixers fans should make plans to get to know who might be going at 28 and maybe even 50 if uh you want to find the next shake Milton diamond in the rough (laughs) Um, so yeah, I'm excited to get started. And uh, Daniel, I believe you are picking first overall for the Detroit Pistons. I don't think it's too much of a surprise, but you're on the clock.
0: Yeah. And just before we get started, so people know we're doing the whole first round. I have picks one, four, seven, and so on. Bryce will have two, five, eight, and so on. Stone, three, six, nine, and so on. You all get the idea. And I do want to point out during last year's mock draft, you were Sean mocked me and Jackson were having James Wiseman because we were picking not based on what we think to happen, but what we would do. And you, we had James Wiseman all the way down at 17 because neither of us were too high on him. And you kept and like, I don't want to, Wiseman can obviously still get better, but we were, I, I don't think that eight that take of ours aged too poorly. <laughs> were there 16 better prospects? Well, yeah, maybe, maybe it was a little too low, <laughs> but it's like, like, I think we had a, like, when we were both in very much agreement that like LaMelo was LaMelo and Ant were like better than Wiseman <laughs> and like that, we didn't think he should be there. I, I, I
3: mean, I thought, I, I thought we got proven decently well on that. All right. Fair enough. So uh, why, don't, why don't you have a repeat and uh, hit on all your picks this year as well? That's,
1: That's what right, I yeah. will say too. What I find interesting about the draft and I was sort of realizing it today is it's like, like all this work we do, like it feels like it should pay off on draft day, but it really doesn't. <laughs> like like the order of the picks doesn't like that's not usually what we're doing that's not usually our goal so it's sort of weird that it's like you do all this work for a whole you know year a whole cycle and it feels like it should culminate on draft day but you're not really proven right or wrong until like a decade later when it's basically too late to really look back like that so it's sort of an interesting uh place we find ourselves in
0: exactly i yeah but I, I will go ahead and make our first selection get us going here for the detroit pistons i will take mac McCle- no i'm taking him <laughs> out of oklahoma state um there's i really don't think there's like any argument against cade if you've followed the draft closely or followed college basketball closely and even just heard about his name for being an nba fan like it's cade he's like a dude who is with his size his his strength his handle his passing ability who one of the biggest questions coming about him coming to college was the shot. And then he shot basically 41% from three on mostly unassisted threes. So yeah, I there's really no doubt he he's the number one pick. Uh, I think I'll just toss it to you, Bryce, for the Rockets' second pick.
1: Yeah, so this pick has been bandied about quite a bit. And um, I wrote a whole piece on uh, what I think should happen. And my thoughts haven't changed. So with the second pick uh, in the 2021 NBA draft, the Houston Rockets are going to select Evan Mobley. Uh, Mobley is just, to me, the second best prospect. He has really interesting upside on both sides of the ball, but with his intelligence and physical tools, I also think that the floor is pretty high. Uh, there's just a lot of passes of success for him, and, and I really like his fit here in, here in Houston uh, as they can kind of build their team around him. So that throws it to stone for the third pick.
2: Yeah, so for the third pick, the Cleveland Cavaliers select Jalen Green here. Um, it's not an ideal fit with their current roster construction, but I think you just go best player available for them. And, and for me, that's Jalen Green. Uh, then you try and worry about fit later.
3: All right, so we're through our first three picks. No surprises yet. Um, yeah, all three of those teams obviously looking to rebuild and, best player available makes the most sense for for each of those teams um, and number four is a little different toronto a surprising down year but they're not too far off from uh, winning at all and still have a lot of really good pieces but uh, I, f- I have a feeling given the the top few prospects in the draft and and how there's a clear tier um we, we might know what, where daniel's going with number four here with the raptors
0: yeah, I mean, there's some people of different draft opinions, especially if if you're especially on draft Twitter, like these are pretty much the consensus top three that we just selected. Uh, you know, you'll see an occasional different name, but it's really these three. Um, I would say this guy at four has dropped a bit lower for some people, but I think he's still mainly the consensus number four, and I'll be comfortable taking Jalen Suggs here for the Raptors. Um, I think it was uh, – our like I said, our good pal Jackson and Frank, who when um the Raptors got four on lottery night, said uh the Raptors are going to take Jalen Suggs and have there will be no on bulk, there will be no advantage creation for the Raptors themselves or their opponents going forward. It's just going to be every team running into walled-off closeouts. Which I mean, that is probably one of the concerns of Suggs. You know, a little bit of a limited handle, not the best shooting profile, and just a few things like that that you make you think he's probably not. The guy who could conduct a at least as the main scoring option of an elite NBA offense, but uh, like just a guy who I think I think there are very few weaknesses in Jalen Suggs' game. He's just very good at a lot of stuff and very athletic guy, and played played really, really important role for that Gonzaga team that took them the national championship. Uh,
1: Bryce, what do, who you got for the Magic at five? So it's been pretty chalk so far, and I'm sure Stone knows where I'm going. But for me, this is where the board really separates myself from others uh so with this pick the magic are gonna select kai jones out of texas um i knew you um, were gonna do that i'd followed you enough to know that was coming yeah i uh i i have said my piece about a billion and a half times on kai jones but for those listening um he is definitely like a huge upside swing but i think his physical talent is is so special um he is just he he moves like very few people at six eleven can move, and he has just enough skill flashes and and feel flashes for me to uh, really bet on that upside. And for a team like the Magic, where I think you really need to swing for the fences here, I think he represents that superstar bet a lot more than maybe the guys who are generally mocked here. Um, and, and I do like what he can look like even if he doesn't hit that top end ceiling so um that kai jones is the selection here
3: all right yeah the magic certainly not a great recent history with their center draftees um you know they tried with mo Bamba. so if they did go kai jones that would uh hopefully work out a little better for them but uh stone who are you going with number six and oklahoma city
2: yeah, um, so with the sixth pick, the Thunder are going to go ahead and select Moses Moody here. Um,
3: oh, that was going to be
0: my next pick.
2: <laughs> sorry, uh, Bryce sniped me, so I guess it was me sniping you now. The uh, the trend continues. Um, Moses Moody, I think, is somebody who fits really well with the Thunder. He really fits well on every team, pretty much, because he's got such a, um easy-to-build-around skill set. <clears throat> excuse me and um he you know he's really proficient from three point uh three point shooting um really good defender not great i would say but but still really good um underrated passer he's pretty much got like all the tools that you want in, in a wing uh still young, only 19 so there's a lot to, to build around there and i think he fits really well with um, the third cornerstone shay gilgis so uh that, that's who i'm going to select there number six.
0: Sean, right. how su- how surprised were you when you saw Kai Jones at five? Just as someone who maybe isn't following the draft as closely,
3: um, I I was surprised because I have a few mock drafts pulled up, and that that seems pretty high for him. <laughs> um, as far as like having watched film and being surprised in that regard, uh, that's that's a non-existent factor for me, having not watched any Kai Jones film. Um, but yeah, I, that's why we have you guys on, uh, to, to lend your draft expertise. I'm just aggregating what, what the other people have said and, uh, slotting accordingly. But, uh, yeah, I know Moses Moody is a guy that makes a lot of sense for any team. Just every team in the league can use more two way wings. So I, I, I'd be surprised if he fell much, far, much farther than, than six. Um, but yeah, next up we have number seven golden state who, uh, was probably hoping to to land a spot or two higher but you know as a team that will have clay back next year they they have a all nba guy in Steph and stuff they're, and they're trying to give one more run at it with with the with the core they have from a few years ago um you know we all hope that clay comes back to his his former self coming off these injuries but they have a chance to add a a really good prospect here at number seven who do you have them taking daniel it is tough because i was thinking moody would
0: just i just wanted someone i could slot into the warriors lineup pretty effortlessly and provide them value at least over a few years which i thought Moses moody could um i'm debating a few guys here i think i'm going to go with josh giddy uh out of australia he played for uh, shoot what's it, what team did he play for again uh,
2: 36 years
0: Yeah, the Adelaide 36ers. uh, I mean, just like – Great name, 36ers. Yeah, yeah, fantastic (laughs) name. Um, No, it's – Giddy, like, just – I could already hear some people saying, like, oh, if he's, like, a little bit – he's a little bit skinny and, like, the shot isn't there yet, is he going to help the Warriors right away? They're a team that wants to win now. But, like, honestly, even just thinking from a Warriors perspective, after passing up Lamella Ball last year, I don't think you can pass up a guy who just has – Size and passing skills, like he does, and also some ability. He's not the same. I would say one of the main differences between Lamelo and Giddy is that whereas Lamelo, I think, is an incredibly fluid mover, Giddy is a little more stiff than that. I don't think Giddy's like super stiff, but like Lamelo, that was honestly what. That's why I was thought Lamelo like the defensive concerns were overrated. That was like Lamelo's like six six, and he can. I can think he can twist his hips both directions pretty easily. Like he's gonna as long as he just put, puts in the minimal uh, out there, he'll be fine. But um. Yeah, so I, I'll go Giddy here just because I think for a team that whose offense is basically Steph and that's about it most of the time, a guy who I think could really help them with his like passing creativity and Giddy and at that height, I'll go with him.
3: And, uh, I like it, that
1: pick. Go ahead. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> I was
3: just going to say it looks like Timothy Chalamet could, uh, could possibly play <laughs> him in an adaptation, just going off the hairstyle and everything. I know the height difference wouldn't work too well, but uh... – Yeah, I the Warriors are, you know, Steve Kerr loves the ball handlers that can be fluid offensive creators and and work in their motion offense. So I'm sure he'd love to have Giddy aboard. All right. Number eight is Orlando again. So, you know, Kai Jones already went to the magic at five here in our mock. So probably not taking another center.
1: But uh,
3: Bryce, what are you doing with number
1: eight here? Um, so this is I'm I'm gonna take another upside swing with them and, and just bet keep on pl- keep plugging your podcast name. <laughs> Absolutely no, this is every chance I get. I, I'm a true businessman. And uh, no, but uh, I I want to take a wing. And, and to me, there's one that really stands out here, and that's uh, with this pick, the Magic are gonna take Zaire Williams out of Stanford. Um, Zaire has uh, you know sort of had a rough season at Stanford, but his high school tape. The, the physical tools combined with the shot making i think he's a really worthwhile pick here um obviously there's one guy still falling uh who, who i'm sure will be taken eventually but i i like williams upside over him and uh i i think his 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 spacing will at least help the magic early on to sort of develop some of their young guys because it's nice to have some people who can shoot at, on a young team so it's not just a uh, everyone crashing into each other in the paint like it's a Jalen Suggs red led Raptors team so that would be nice
0: well taking a shot at my earlier pick um yeah but like, I mean like <laughs> I, I like the idea of Zaire and Kai at least for the magic maybe not the perfect but like I just you're trying to think another reason to do them like they're like you're saying they're both upside swings um I don't think they'll be good either of them will be particularly good like most rookies aren't good I, I think those two especially might struggle in their rookie years and you know Hey, if you're getting closer to next year's top pick, you know, go for it. But, uh, yeah, so uh, we're going to throw it to Stone here for the Kings at number nine.
2: Yeah, so for with the ninth pick, uh, the Kings are going to select uh, Scotty Barnes. I think Scotty uh, is actually a really use, uh, useful connector piece for the Kings here. Um, him and Tyrese Halliburton together prov- plug a lot of holes for them. Uh, both defensively and as ball movers. Um, <clears throat> Scotty Barnes is really fluid for his size. Uh, got an NBA-ready frame. There, there's a lot to like about him, and I think um, as a connecting piece, he, he makes a lot of sense here for the Kings.
3: So how how NBA-ready, like, it seems like he could jump in, because I know the Kings are a team that they really want to get back to the playoffs. They've, they've had a long drought, and they're they're not a team that I would imagine is taking a – like these upside potential guys. Like we just saw two guys go to the magic here in our mock. So it seems like he's more of a step in day one and just contribute kind of guy. Um, Yeah. I would say
2: the thing that's holding him back from, from being like a complete player from, for doing that would be the shooting. Um, He still has some progression to do in that sense. Uh, The mechanics and everything are fluid, but there's a lot of indicators that don't really point towards that. Um, But from day one he'll be able to provide some some really high level defense uh and and ball movement
3: all right so sacramento going scotty Barnes at number nine next up the pelicans who you know broke jj reddick's streak of not getting back to the playoffs and then they shipped him out and they're they're looking to build around zion we don't know what's going to happen with lonzo ball whether he'll be back just a lot of uncertainty around new orleans right now um they have I was gonna say, Sean, you forgot the most important thing: new head coach Willie Green. <laughs> that's right. Old, old Sixer uh, Willie Green will now be be at, behind the bench for the Pelicans, and uh, he'll have the tenth overall pick to to mold in the future. So, who who would you want Willie to to have on his roster next season, Daniel?
0: I really want a wing for the Pelicans. Like, I mean, that's just a, a general philosophy I have. Is like, when in doubt, draft a wing. Um, it's just, I think it generally, it's going to work out for you a little more often than a smaller guard or a center, or at least, you know, those kind of like, cause it's just a wing. It's like the whole idea of scalability. They fit in so many places. It's very easy to slot them in about anywhere. Um, the two guys I'm debating between, and I'm just progressively getting happier to lower on the game of the draft. Cause I've spent more time looking at all the guys lower in the draft, at least lower in the first round with the Sixer who the Sixers could get with their pick. Um, I'm debating between, Franz Wagner and Jonathan Kaminga, I think I'm going to go with Franz. I really, I watched a lot of big 10 basketball all year and just Franz. I think like, first of all, I was outraged when they did not give him like first team all defense in the big 10. It was just ridiculous. Like that dude, some of the rotations he makes the ground he can cover just the length. Like I rarely ever saw him make any kind of mistake and he has the length to cover up everything. The one game Michigan played against Northwestern, my school, he just like basically they they tried all four all four of their perimeter like attackers, quote unquote, tried to go at him. At some point, the game he just swallowed them up. It was unreal. And then offensively, I think very good connective passer, can run a side pick and roll, and I think is going to be a good spot up shooter. So again, like slide, you can slide him in along lines alongside Zion, Brandon Ingram, your two most important pieces. So I'm going to go Franz Wagner out of Michigan.
3: Well, if stopped all of Northwestern's perimeter attackers isn't a good enough draft profile. I don't know what would be, but yeah, I, I did watch some, some big 10 basketball. Um, yeah. Wagner well, always stood out as a guy who would translate to the next level. I think, I think he'll be a really good pro um, and obviously has the, the pedigree. Uh, so he's going to New Orleans at number 10 in our, in our mock here. Eleven. We have Charlotte and Bryce here on the clock with them.
1: Uh, so Charlotte is my dream Kai Jones destination, but uh, I took him earlier. So um, sort of trying to fill in another guy I like there. Um, and, and a lot of my board right now is 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 sort of guards at the at, at this uh, <laughs> tier. Um, so I'm going to take I'm going to I'm going to stop the slide, and uh, I'm going to take Jonathan Kaminga here. Uh, to the Charlotte Hornets Um, he's sort of this year's Wiseman I think on our board Uh, probably not quite as fall or uh, fallen as Wiseman did for you last year but um, Kaminga is just he he's a NBA ready body and not a lot else he's sort of a a basketball player in 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 the most aesthetic form Um, but there is some stuff to work with there and who else better to unlock like an elite athlete who can run in transition and maybe score off cuts and stuff than LaMelo ball, who is a, you know, six, seven savant. So I, I like that pick there. Um, and I think this is one of the places where Jonathan Camingo would be most set up to succeed. All right.
3: Yeah. He didn't quite make it to 17. So not the the draft slider we saw last year, but uh, yeah, for those, Listening out there, Kaminga mocked as high as five in a lot of places, so it would be probably a surprise to see him fall this far to to Charlotte at 11. But, uh, yeah, crazier things have happened. So, next up, we have San Antonio with the 12th overall pick. And, uh, Stone, what do you got first there?
2: Yeah, um, I'm going to go a little bit off the board here for for the Spurs. I'm going to select JT Thor. Um, Ooh, I like it. Yeah, Thor is somebody that I know draft Twitter is really high on. Um, I'm not sure NBA teams are quite as high, but he's one of the youngest guys in this draft. Still only 18 years old. Um, in my opinion, one of the best lateral movers in this class um, at six 6'10". Uh, really fluid, um, can shoot, uh, even though the percentages weren't great. You can see the um, translatability and projectability of it uh and overall there's just there's just a lot to like about a 6 3 3-and-D guy so for the uh for the Spurs I'm going to go ahead and select him here
3: all right yeah and San Antonio does have a a lot of good guards in their rotation already so makes sense to see him go with a, a bigger forward there um okay Daniel you're back up with Indiana at 13 um Pacers obviously an interesting team there's some rumors about brogdon being on the move it seems like they're still sticking with the sabonis miles turner front court but it's probably year four of people wondering whether that will ever get broken up um they have the new coach coming in in rick Carlisle, uh so a lot of interesting stuff happening with the pacers what do you got for them at 13 i'm thinking between like three guards right here
0: i'm actually very surprised uh, that a certain guard wasn't taken with stone's last pick And I'm considering him here. Oh, I like all three of these guys, and I really don't know. You know, I think I'm gonna pull the trigger with him. I'm gonna go Jared Butler out of Baylor. um, Who I like. If you've been following me on Twitter this past week, I've basically I've done a lot of stuff on Jared Butler. Tweeted a lot about him.
3: Just the Sixers aren't getting him at 28, is what you're telling me. If I if I was one of the first twenty
0: seven GMs, they wouldn't. Um, but um, or not. I don't think of any three of us were they wouldn't. But um, so hey, there's a chance. And like, so if people want to know about Jared Butler, um, he had this like he'd been red flag for like a, a potential health condition that could have kept him out of the NBA. The NBA cleared him to go. That does also mean that NBA front offices have to they have to clear him too in terms of like when they're talking to their teams, like, hey, this could pop up again in a few years. Do we want to take a risk on this guy who just has an underlying health condition. Um, so just so people know there, that's like a thing that comes with Jared. But uh, no, like he was the, a guard on this national champion Baylor team this past year. Just I love how versatile he is within every offense because his handle is so shifty. He makes every move look like each other so he can really fake opponents out. Has some passing ability, really smart at running off, of off screens for off-ball shooting. He can do that too. Hits shots under very contested scenarios like use a lot of strength, a lot of craft. Just, I just think he's very, it's a very good player who really can, he can juice your offense a lot and like scale up to it, even if he's like not the number one option in it. And then defensively, I think he's like, well, not as good on defense as he is on offense. Just, I think he is offering something in terms of some instincts, ability to slide and some strength. So I'm going to go Jared Butler at Baylor at 13.
3: Now, are you concerned that that might take the ball out of TJ McConnell's hands on
0: well, I, I thought TJ, like, aren't the Cavs, like, it was reported that the Cavs are trying to pursue him in free agency. The Cavs want all the defensive white guards because
2: they also want Alex Caruso apparently now too.
3: <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. The, it, it's the Matthew Della Vidova legacy.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: The... <laughs> all right. So, uh, Jared Butler um, shooting up the draft boards to to 13. So, very happy that he got the the clean bill of health, obviously. that That's great for him. Yeah. Um, Guy, a lot of people are familiar with from Baylor's national title run. Um, so yeah, that that would be uh, terrific for for his draft stock to get up into the lottery like that. All right, number fourteen is Golden State. They are uh, once again on the clock, two two lottery picks for the Warriors. So really, going to be interesting to see whether they actually take both of those picks, or if they kind of use use one or both of those to get get more of a veteran in as they as they try to make a push this year with uh the old guard and uh really push all their chips in and go for it or whether they do have an eye for the future and, and and take some some younger guys that might be a little bit more of a prospect but uh bryce 14 golden
1: state what do you got for us so i'm kind of between two guys here but that last thing you mentioned is sort of what's gonna make me pick the the person i'm gonna take and that's i'm gonna select trey murphy the third um the Warriors have like secretly not been a good shooting team for like a long time. Even when KD was there, aside from KD, Clay, and Steph, they were not a very good shooting team. Uh, Trey Murphy does that and he does that really well. He's going to provide a lot of space to let Draymond really work the way he likes to. And uh, hopefully, with the healthy Clay, they can be a, a-, a really special offensive team again uh, maybe an MVP Steph and you know I think Trey Murphy also has some secret upside you know he's 6'9 he's and really athletic can probably be a good defender uh, there's just a lot to like with Trey Murphy the third not the flashiest pick here you're not picking a future superstar or anything but you're picking someone who I think can help pretty early on in his career and and could potentially provide even more um, as a gravity creating shooter so uh, Trey Murphy the third is the pick here.
3: Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're right. that The rest of their roster, like even in the that heyday, they didn't have the greatest shooting around it, but it just didn't matter because everything Clay and Steph did to warp the floor just gave you all the gravity they needed. Um, so it didn't matter if they had one or two guys on the court who weren't the greatest floor spacers. But yeah, they, you can always use shooting, and uh, Trey is definitely a guy that can do that. Um, all right, Stone, you are up with – Washington now at number 15 um, a lot of talk about what Washington's going to do. I know there's some Westbrook rumors, whether they can try to get off his contract, whether they'll finally part ways with Brad Beal. Um, you know, I know a lot of fans in Philadelphia are, are hoping that that partnership finally comes to an end this off season, but we haven't really heard anything about it. So it seems like if we stick with the status quo right now, it's going to be Beal and the wizards again, going for an eight seed or or whatever they they try to do every year, but uh, they have the fifteenth overall pick. And Stone, what do you got for them?
2: Yeah, um, I want to thank Bryce for letting the other trade fall. So I'm going to take Trey Man here. Um, I think Trey Man is a good player to solidify that backcourt with whether they trade Beal or Westbrook, however they they go forward with that backcourt. I think Trey Man can fill uh, sort of either role um although he's not a, a super great playmaker he's pretty much like spent the entire year uh, living in the pick and roll so he knows how to operate that very well um one of the best off the dribble if not the best off the dribble shooter in this class um really good range um <clears throat> really great pull up gravity he can pretty much dribble from you know down to his ankles and then pull up for a shot from 30 feet and nail it so there's a whole lot to like with him in terms of his shooting and creation uh, so that's where I'm going to go for for the Wizards here.
3: All right, and and we saw last year that the Wizards weren't afraid to to play three point guards at once. So Trey Mann would not create a positional logjam because they 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 were often uh, had they had Neto Ishmith and and Westbrook all on the floor sometimes. Um, maybe they'll go four point guard who knows they, they could get crazy there in washington so all right trey man at 15 daniel we're back to you the thunder are on the clock again they have this pick this is the pick coming from boston um it's the second of their three picks in the top 18 as uh sam presti continues his quest to own an entire draft he's he's well on his way uh so what do you got for 16 and the thunder daniel yeah, on that last pick, uh, the Wizards, no wings, only vibes. Um, <laughs> I guess <laughs> the,
0: way, the way going forward. Um, the Thunder, uh, I think I'm going to go Jaden Springer here out of Tennessee. Um, I mean, uh, so that was Stone already picked up Moses Moody at six for them. And I think Moses Moody does slot him very well again. Like I said, like it's very hard to go wrong for wing with shooting ability and you won't get killed on defense, I don't think. Yeah. Um, Springer is a very interesting guy, very divide divisive guy, I think, in terms of how people evaluate him. A lot are, are a lot lower on him. Some are super high on him. Like I've seen him as high as three and four. So some people really like him. I believe he's the youngest player in this draft. Super young dude. Um, they're very strong guy. Like uh you can see him like when he rotates out to guys and they attack him off the dribble. Like it is just very hard to knock him anywhere. It's like just very strong in his lower body for a guard. Um, has some like interesting creation ability there's like weird concerns about um he basically exclusively loop, leaps off of two feet which is uh just an interesting thing that you don't see from a ton of prospects but it's basically all he's going to do a lot of times having two hands on the ball a uh, good friend pd webb and draft guru had a really good uh video video like uh, it's part of his let's watch film stream series uh talking about james He's like needs to develop some more off offhand craft like know how to Get guys loose. Just some typical NBA guard stuff that these tricks that older players maybe are, are less physically talented than Springer develop mm-hmm. that help them survive the league. And he just needs to work on some of that. But I think as someone who I don't think is going to demand or necessitate having the ball a lot in his hands early on in his career, he's and a guy's that young. Like, I think he fits very well next to Shea Gildas Alexander, what they're building there in OKC.
3: Daniel, what do you think it's going on down there at Tennessee? You got Jaden Springer only jumps off two feet. You know, you're well-documented with Tobias Harris only dunking with two hands. Did they oh, not?
0: <laughs> Tobias changed that this year. He decided
3: to change it. He read the article. Yeah, but, you know, I, he that it took him a long time into his NBA career to finally adjust and, and make that adaptation in his game. Like, do, do they not? Want guys only using one hand or foot down down in the volunteer state? What's going on? I mean, there's another Tennessee prospect who might get picked, so we'll see. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Bryce, who you got for the
0: Grizzlies at 17? Uh,
1: so there's two guys I considered here. Um, there's only two guys left that I have, like, a lottery grade on. Uh, but but to me, with what the Grizzlies have, uh, I'm going to take Kessler Edwards. Um, this ah, might, might, like might seem high for some. Yeah, I know I know Dan loves him for for the 76ers at 28. This seems high for some, but to me I just I I buy everything about Kessler. I think he's going to be a really really good shooter. I think he's the best in the NBA at defensive ground coverage. Uh, but I could say all I want. You could just go listen to Dan talk about it with PD. So uh, you might as well just go do that.
3: Yeah, we've uh we've talked about Kessler Edwards on this pod, so I know I know Daniel's very high on him and uh, yeah, M- Memphis you know, great young team. They have their core that looks to be in place. So just surrounding him, surrounding those guys with uh, somebody else to help space the floor and knock down shots would certainly be a, a good move for them. Um, next, we have 18 Oklahoma City back on the clock. We've already made two picks for them. But uh, what do you, with the third here, what are you going to do, Stone?
2: Um, I'm going to go with Usman Garuba. Uh, the Thunder have taken a guard in a wing, and now I'm going to have them take a big. Uh, Garuba is one of the best, if not the best, defender in this class. He's uh, super mobile, really big, NBA body built. Um, the shooting is a concern for a lot of people, but uh, throughout his season at Real Madrid, he improved uh, pretty significantly. Um, really smart, high IQ guy, great off the, um, the short roll, really good passer. Uh, so there's a lot to like with him, and he, he seems like a Presty prototype type guy. So, um, I, I think he would fit well in OKC, especially with the other two picks they've taken.
3: Now, what he he plays center for Real Madrid. What does he profiles a stretch for in the NBA, or what what do you think is the best positional fit for him here? Um, the way I, I describe Usman's role in the NBA is like a. A
2: five offensively and then a four uh, defensively. I think he's um, strong enough certainly to to defend post players, but I think he's best utilized on the perimeter um, and then offensively because the shooting quite isn't there yet. I would um, I would try and play him more as a center as much as I could.
3: All right, It makes sense, especially the way the league's trending. Um, everyone looks for shooting out at the five position. So if if you can do enough to have him uh, get by in the, in the areas he's weaker there, but to really juice the, the spacing that that certainly be something teams are going to take a look at.
1: All
3: right. Um, next up we have the Knicks who have two picks in the first round. Um, this is their first and they're coming off a terrific season return to the playoffs. Uh, a lot of good vibes right now in the big apple and Daniel, you're back up with uh, the Knicks at 19.
0: Yeah. Who could ever
3: imagine having your dream
0: season ruined by the Atlanta Hawks, you know,
3: (laughs) could not be me. (laughs) It couldn't be
0: me. That's right. Um, Man, uh, you know this is hard because I have the Knicks pick at nineteen, and the Lakers at twenty-two, and I kind of like similar archetypes for both of them. So it's like whoever I take here, if the Knicks, probably like someone I would take at twenty-two for the Lakers. So I'm like, I'm screwing, I'm screwing my future self over right now. Like what I do, um, I think I'm gonna go with Sharif Cooper out of Auburn. Um, just like, yeah, I mean, you watch, like, again, yeah, you watch them against Atlanta. Like, Alfred Payton should not have been on the court like sorry elf uh thank you for helping the sixers landarius arch that trade way back when um but man like it just they just was not working well and then Derek Rose overextended in his minutes wore out somewhat the lack of like just a, the lack of a consistent advantage creator who could then distribute to teammates well because like Julius Randall, as great as he was they like they forced him into what stuff he did not want to do and he just had trouble from handling it throughout the series I think Sharif Cooper is just someone who basically like the way to describe it is you watch Sharif like changing directions I think is something people who don't play a ton of basketball or haven't watched like a crap ton of basketball don't understand how hard it is to change directions of a basketball in your hands against like really good talent like it's just very hard to be that under control but still decisive and quick enough and have enough burst to really get by people and Sharif just makes it look effortless he will be going one way and then completely spin back the other way without any kind of like any kind of struggle at all and then he can throw passes from incredible angles uh shot is a problem defense is a problem but i think just he is offering like exactly what the Knicks want, and i think he would be a great picture in that 19.
3: yeah the Knicks point guard mantle has been a, a discussion for probably going on two decades now um i, I know quickly had it had a good season last year can, could these guys coexist Yeah, well, I mean,
0: quickly like is not like I think a guy who handles your offense more than he is. I mean, quickly has a lot of good, like, finishing abilities in terms of, like, incredible touch. He can hit threes and hit them off the dribble, and then I think enough length to either extend and finish at the rim or kind of, like, you know, defensively survive. But I don't think he's really a guy who's, like, running your offense, quote-unquote, or, like, trying to create advantages that then lead to advantages and opportunities for others. And I think Sharif is more of that kind of role.
3: Gotcha. All right. So Knicks still looking for the, uh, the point guard to to lead them for the, the next foreseeable future. Maybe it's Sharif Cooper next up. We have, um, you just mentioned the Atlanta Hawks. They're next up at 20 and uh, I'm not going to talk about Atlanta season because I, I just don't want to um, too many bad memories associated with the Atlanta Hawks right now, but they're up at 20. Bryce, what are you doing with them?
1: You know, it's, it's funny. Uh, I'm a jazz fan, and we have this weird animosity with a lot of Sixers fans. I don't know what it is, but uh, for some reason, I'm, I'm a huge Hawks fan now, so that's funny. <laughs> um, no, but uh, this is the last guy that I have with a lottery grade in this year's draft, um, and uh, I, feel like, I feel like a real hooper for having him this high, and that's Cam Thomas. Uh, Cam Thomas is someone who I think sometimes gets a little – underrated by some of draft Twitter and overrated by other parts of it. And, and it's not easy to tell which is which, um, or it's not hard to tell which is which, excuse me. Um, he is like, he is a very good scorer. Um, he gets to the line, like no one's business. He's just a really excellent shooter in the mid range of from three. Uh, he can get his own shot. I think what, what makes me comfortable with him this high is that I think he could be a very, very good off ball player. Um, you know, LSU did not run like a complex offense. Uh, and even without that, he still could run off some screens really well. He's really good at organizing himself uh, before his shot. He just he has a lot of those little micro skills as a scorer that, that makes me buy him more than some others of his archetype, including one that's really fallen for us. Um, so so I like cam thomas here and and i think him playing off trey young probably coming off the bench here i I think that's a fit that makes some sense too i i wanted to
0: talk about cam just because i've watched a lot lot of him the last few days um i get what you're saying and definitely the off ball role is appealing with his shot making like you talk about how he can gather himself he has some of the weirdest mechanics in terms of just like his feet are almost always pointing to like the like he'll be at the top of the key and his feet are both like directly pointing at the side like the uh, opposite side baseline not the baseline underneath the basket the sideline of the opposite and then he like turns in midair to shoot um he pretty much as a righty always wants to go left because he holds the ball like on the left side of his body as he goes up to shoot almost exclusively when he goes in for those weird floaters he wants to try and like he always like every euro step is right step first left step last Like he's trying to get to his left almost every time because he just kind of feels more comfortable shooting that way um and like you said, with scoring micro skills, like, I mean, dude has no shame in selling out for fouls. Like you bump, you bump can Thomas. He is snapping his head back and flailing his arms to try and get those calls. But I am I'm impressed with like his strength. And I think his physical strength is really good. Like when he drives room, he can move guys and allows him to maintain advantages. Um, He does do some, like, I, I get what you're saying. Like the, I think the good outcome of him is definitely like has value in terms of that. I wouldn't want to know how much can you get into buying because man, like, I don't know if I've ever seen a worse transition defender in college. Like the dude lets people, he does like the most half heart, not even half hearted. It's not even half hearted. There's no heart.
2: There's no heart. Yes.
0: There's, there's <laughs> no, there's nothing pure about, there's no, no, like this, like this, uh, I don't know what the right comparison is, but my guy, like he's, he's not, he's not even like trying to defend for film. He's just like purely giving up on the play. There was one, like, you remember that play where James Harden back in 2016, it was a fast break, and two Pistons, like, ran in for the rebound, he actually went to the wrong side. Cam Thomas literally did that once on a clip, where he literally just, like, meandered over to the other side. Clearly, like, when the other team has the ball in transition, he views it as the other players on his team. There are other players in his team whose responsibility that is, it is not his. He is only slightly jogging back so that they can inbound the ball to him then, which – I mean, it's not you can do you, but I'm just saying that's like a biggest concern for me. The transition defense, like, ugh, like I don't know how. Just trying to think, even personally for him, not like a specific fit for an NBA team. I can't imagine like some coaches like not wanting to immediately sub him out of like every game if he does that.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. I just uh, the talent here at 20. I um, I think some of that is I think Will Wade is an awful basketball coach, and I think that might be. And I mean, he can recruit though. <laughs> can recruit. And, and he, I feel like LSU maybe has some deep pockets, Uh, but good for the college kid, you know, get that back. But um, like, I just like, even like trended Watford, who if you go back and watch him in high school was like all hustle, like trended Watford have the time, like barely cared on defense. Like, I feel like he got tired of there being no defensive scheme. And he was just like, you know what? I'll just let him score at the rim. Like, I, I don't know. I just think that's, I think some is Camp Thomas. That's how he's always been. But I also think some is Will Wade. I just think that's sort of LSU.
3: Mm-hmm. All right. Well, if Thomas went to Atlanta, we'd I guess we would find out if the Hawks fans were okay rooting for a guy that went out of his way to draw fouls um I don't know how comfortable they would be with that oh I'm so, I, I wasn't even thinking of that when I mentioned it So if you have Gallo Lou so if they play a lineup
0: of Gallo Trey and Cam like no transition defense but just a million fouls on the other end so there can't be transition play like oh my gosh like those three just are like
3: supreme grifters yeah exactly um we, we also, uh, we didn't go through and talk about whether each guy was a Hooper or a basketball player. So that feels like a real missed opportunity. Um, Cam
1: is the, <laughs> is the clear Hooper of the this real, group.
3: The realest Hooper of them all. Here's the definition of real Hooper.
0: Uh, we probably spent too much time on Cam, Thomas. Uh, so <laughs> who you got for the, the Knicks again at 21 after they took Shreve Cooper at 19?
2: Yeah, um, I'm going to go with somebody
0: I'm sort of surprised fell this far. I'm going to go with James Booknight. Um, you know, so I just want to say, I had like, it hit me when I picked Sharif. I looked at, because I've been typing these, I was like, oh, I forgot Book Knight. was still, I just like, it's one of those ones where you blank for a second. I was like, yeah. I, I thought I
2: was going to pick him earlier than that. <laughs> but, I would have taken Sharif. So I think that was the good call. But uh, with, with Book Knight, I think you can play um, mostly the shooting guard. But it, at, for stretches, I think you can put him out as your point guard. Although I wouldn't be super comfortable with it long term. Um, I think he's a better shooter than what he showed in college or what his numbers say. Uh, I really buy his defense probably more than other people, especially off ball. I think he's a really competent defender, um, which fits right into what obviously uh, uh, Thibodeau would want. And since Sharif can't really do that, it it helps out a bit. Um, And, you know, the the Knicks obviously need shooting. That's sort of their priority, I think. And I think uh, Booknight can be a good enough shooter to stay on the floor for them. Um, and he's a really good scorer, so having him and RJ out there team together would give you a lot of scoring gravity. So um, that—that's who I'm going to go with here for 21.
3: And Book Knight, a, a New York kid played some played some high school ball there mm-hmm. as well, and he's from there. So Knicks fans love their local products. It could be the uh, the next Steph Marbury at, at the guard position, ideally, maybe. Um, so yeah, I'm sure that they'll have an eye on him at a uh, at either 19 or 21. All right. So next is the Lakers at 22. Um, You know, obviously they dealt with some injuries and not the season didn't end up how they wanted with the first round exit, but uh, yeah, they still got LeBron and AD and that'll get you pretty far. So they're probably looking for a piece that can uh, help them next season to, to make another run at a title. So Daniel, what are you doing at 22?
0: Man, I was kind of hoping that Stone would then let me take Boog Knight for the Lakers at 22, because I thought that would have been easier. Or like, just so people know, I think Boognight is definitely not falling that far on draft night from all indications pre-draft. And I think whereas last year, like it was surprising that me and Jackson both decided to let Wiseman go that far because we just disagreed with how the general like mainstream evaluation was. We just did not think he was as good as they were saying. And but like I still think there's a pretty like understandable order. I really don't know what's going to happen on draft night outside of like the top four. And even then, like, there's some rumors that the Raptors are thinking that Scotty Barnes at four instead of Jalen Suggs. But just like, I'm pretty sure like Cade, Evan Mowgli, Jalen Green, and Jalen Suggs are all going in the top five to some teams. But like, I think it's very fluid in between like, like the next like 25 picks, like who's going to go where? It is like, there's just a lot of like, you know, who do you prefer? like there's general ideas of where guys are going to go, but I don't think anything's set in stone, uh, stone. <laughs> uh, I just, but um, I think I, Oh man, I need to, I need to make a decision already. I'm going to go with a guy who is like another super divisive prospect to, I, I wouldn't take him where the NBA, it seems like it's going to take him. But here I think it's okay. I'll go with Davion Mitchell out of Baylor, who after Baylor's he got was the classic. Um, their team won the tournament and he looked awesome while they did it. So he got bumped up a lot. Um has some limitations that's like about six feet flat. And I do he's one of those rare guys. It's a problem I've described for Kobe White before. I I, I'll love to see how more it plays out for Davion next level where the rare guy who was almost too North South of this handle where he's going up and down very well, Would you like to kind of like have the directness about it. And he's at, at the college level. He was so quick that if he ever got a step on anyone, he could just inside hand finish on everybody. But like, just I'm not sure about his ability to shake people laterally, but like a vicious point of attack defender, especially at the college level. And then a guy who, really had a, after having have some shooting concerns this past year really bumped up his shooting this, pa- this past year has really shot the lights out um if you, if you that three-point shot is for real then I mean just offer that's like again it's something you can offer offensively and I do like it here with the Lakers that because one of the concerns is him going to a lottery team like they're going to expect him to take on that role of like creator in the half quarter to run a lot of stuff the Lakers like if you're playing next to LeBron like in a lineup which I'm not sure how often but say he's in that lineup next to LeBron like it's very clear what his role is it's like a spot up threes occasionally run something when the ball gets swung to you and then defensively like just hound the opposing guard which i think he can all do and i also think like the passing like i'm worried about how he creates the advantage to then get to the pass but i think he does have good passing ability when he gets there uh, stone what do you think of that picture lakers
2: um as a laker fan I, i'm totally fine with it um mitchell is somebody that can create his own offense, I think, a, a bit more than a lot of other guys we have on our team. Um, super explosive, one, one of the burstier guys in this class. Um, he is a bit older, but for the Lakers, it's not really much of a concern, I guess, uh, because they are on sort of that championship timeline. Um, I think, like you mentioned, that the defense is really impactful and important for us as a point of attack guy. Um, so I'm totally fine with it. I think it's a, it's a solid pick here.
3: And and he would fit the Shabazz Napier Memorial Award for oh Guy, Guy, Le, Guy LeBron watches play in the tournament. And that's basically all the information he has to work with. So he tells management to draft him. That would, Wait, David Sean, Mitchell would fit that. Sean, I remember like, because I was so in on Shabazz Napier just as a
0: kid when he, um because I wanted like Villanova to win that tournament. And then, then Shabazz dropped, what, Shabazz went crazy in that second round game against Villanova, right? Which is Bryce Stone, if you don't know, Sean is a Villanova alum.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, Chavez had a crazy tournament that entire. He played but wasn't that the game well. was,
0: that game especially. I remember he just like he kept hitting like near half court shots.
3: Yeah, he hit the he hit the buzzer beater to beat them.
2: He had the Kembo
3: run. Yeah, he, he he hit the he hit the buzzer beater from three to, to beat Villanova. So I, I don't I don't know. I, I'm sure he played very well. I don't know exactly how many points he scored, but yeah, he definitely hit the game winning shot for sure. So yeah, the, thanks for bringing that up. Appreciate that. Uh, Bryce, who do you got for the Rockets at 23?
1: Uh so this is for my boy Cooper. Um, he's a huge Rockets fan. And uh, you know, there's some talent still on the board here, and I think they really, really need to go upside. Uh, so I'm gonna go with um I'm gonna go with Josh Christopher uh here at uh to the Houston Rockets. Um he's just He's someone with, with really intriguing to a potential Um, has a long ways to go to really be a positive player, but the Rockets have nothing but time. And he plays the most valuable position in basketball. Um, I I always bet on guys who are this physically developed. Um, I I think it makes you have a lot easier path to the league. If you're just stronger Um, you can kind of figure a lot of the rest out. So I like Josh Christopher here. Um, I think I think he can potentially grow into being a really interesting uh, starter in either the front court or the back court next to someone like a KPJ. All right. And two first names, always a crowd pleaser.
3: So Houston is right back on the clock. They have back-to-back picks. Um, so Christopher off the board at 23 stone. What do you got them doing in 24? Um,
2: <clears throat> it's interesting. Cause I had another guy targeted who plays sort of the same position uh, but I'm going to take him anyways, because I think the Rockets just need to go best play available. So I'm going to go with Miles Deuce McBride here. Um, he's also another really strong guard. Um, I think you can play either guard position on or off ball. Um, developed as a shooter a lot this year. Uh, another really good defender. And I think what separates him from Davion Mitchell, and Davion Mitchell is probably a better point of attack type guy, but uh, Miles McBride is extremely strong. So he can he can take guard up a little bit I think and guard some wings. Um, <clears throat> he ranked in the one hundredth percentile this year on post ups, so that just kind of shows you he he knows how to utilize his strength against opponents. Um, and he's he's a good enough passer. There's not really any holes in his game for me. Um, that I can see, but he's just like pretty much good across the board. So, uh, that's who I'm going to go with at uh, twenty four for the Rockets here.
3: Yeah, I don't think they have any reservations about doubling up at a position in this draft, uh, especially a, a guard or wing position like you can always have more of them. Um, so yeah, we've we've had uh, the Rockets take Mobley, then Christopher, and now uh, McBride with their their three first round picks. So I feel like that would be a pretty good haul for them and a good start on a rebuild. Um, Daniel, we have the Clippers up next at 25. Um, they are obviously going to Take another run at it with a uh, Kawhi and Paul George. Um, hopefully, Kawhi is you know healthy going in the next season after his his knee injury and everything uh, forced him to miss the end of the playoffs. But what do you got them doing at twenty five? Yeah, it's
0: interesting. The Clippers are the Clippers have such an interesting roster build that when trying to decide to pick for them, um, you know mainstream like talk was always that oh they need a point guard, they need a point guard, they need a point guard. Um, I think those concerns are like overblown and it's more just about how you run your offense. The Clippers do have, I think it was uh, Cody Hudak for premium hoops wrote, wrote a great article back before the playoffs about how they had crowdsourced their creation almost and the way they had done things. Um I think I'm gonna pick a guy here who I would say talent wise he's definitely a steal just in terms of like his overall talent. Um again one of the more divisive prospects, but a guy who I think Oh, well, no, now I'm thinking about another guy. Jeez. Ah, this is tough. I think this guy slots in well for them because the upside of him just add how many thing, different things you can do. And I think, like, his upside as a passer for a team in the Clippers, who I always feel like the passing, I just wanted it to be a little bit better. I'm going to go with Jalen Johnson out of Duke, who was a top prospect coming in, played, I think, 13 games. Then left Duke's program for reasons that uh, I mean we don't know all the reasons about it. It's probably better to the probably the better thing about it is to like, unless you're in NBA front office and have talked to people and know stuff about what happened in that situation, is just to just not like you shouldn't probably take too much into it, but it is something that's got teams are taking into account. A uh, very athletic guy. Um, very I mean, well, I think like there was one screenshot I had of him, like his head is so near the rim. And like just with his height, his passing his strength, I think so is someone that he could those Clippers lineups that work so well during the playoffs with like size wings, a guy who can slot into that kind of role well for them. And a guy who a team like the Clippers who doesn't have a ton of picks going forward, his upside kind of is intriguing to get at this kind of draft. Cause I don't think you're going to, you're not going to get too many more swings like this year in the Clippers. So uh, Bryce, who do you got for the nuggets at 26?
1: Yeah. I like, I like that pick that you just made. I think he's, he's sort of an interesting fit there. And, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you, too. The, re- the reason any of us are lower on him, I, I, I would say, has nothing to do with why he left Duke. And uh, that discourse when that happened was really, really rough. So, um, But with the Nuggets, there, there's some options here. The, this board is still – it's a pretty solid draft all the way down. Um, I think I, I'm going to take uh, Nashawn Bones Highland here for the Nuggets. Um, maybe the best shooter in this whole draft. Uh, not a great passer, not a great defender, can generate some rim pressure. If you get him playing off ball with Jokic, I think he could be really deadly. He could really help space this team out. Um, I, I just think at this point in the draft, getting you like that, as like I said, potentially the best shooter in the whole class, um, is pretty untouchable. So, uh, Bones here makes a lot of sense.
3: And he just rapped for some of his, uh, his draft evaluators at the at the combine, so you, you know dual threat. We've seen Dame Lillard has taken his draft career far, so always good to have that in your bag. Um, but yeah, Bones is a guy a lot of Sixers fans like at twenty eight. So I I feel like uh, this is a right right about the range for him and um, Denver. I mean, I I'm sure they're hopeful that Jamal Murray is going to be hundred percent to start the season, but. Uh, yeah, they can always use more ball handlers in the backcourt just as an insurance policy. And, you know, down the road, Bones could develop into a great prospect for them. Um, all right, next up is 27 is Brooklyn and stone. What are you doing with the nets?
2: Yeah. Um, I actually didn't know that you're a Villanova, um, alumni, but okay,
0: uh, so I know this pick.
2: <laughs> yeah. So I think everybody that follows me on Twitter knows this pick. I'm going to go with Jeremiah Robinson. Earl here. Um, Great choice. You win the mock draft. (laughs)
0: Thank
2: you. I figured. Um, So he's a a guy who from day one, I think is going to be able to defend at a really high level. He's a very polished player. Doesn't need the ball in his hands to be productive, which is obviously something you're going to look for if you're the Nets, because they don't need any more of that. Um, He's somebody who's a really strong switch defender, which alongside Nick Claxton can really be beneficial for them. Um, really strong passer at his position. He just does a lot of things that lead to winning plays. Um, And I think he can fill a lot of the gaps that the Nets have. So I I think it makes a lot of sense here at 27 for them.
3: All right. Yeah. He's, he's a guy that makes a lot of smart decisions. So with the Nets, he's not going to be asked to have the ball in his hands a lot, but when he does, he can make those kind of hockey assists to keep the ball moving. He can, you know, make quick reads to, to that are going to be important because if it does come to him, it's probably going to be in a situation where somebody was doub- doubling off one of their stars and, and he can make a quick decision to either attack or, or find the open guy, um, you know, in the next, next pass down the chain. Um, and as you mentioned, he, he is a great, you know, switch defender. He, he makes the, he, he knows how to, you know, play that defense on a string that Jay Ray teaches so well there. And, uh, yeah. My, Daniel and I talked about him in a previous pod. My one thing is like his swing skill is, can he ever be a true floor spacer? Like his three point shot in college while mechanically good, it, it wasn't like an average efficiency or anything it was slightly below average. So you're moving a couple feet back at the NBA level. Um, can he really do that at a, at a league average rate to to make himself a, an ideal stretch four kind of guy um that that's probably going to determine whether he's a you know and end of this like fourth or fifth starter type guy or whether he's an end of the rotation type guy but either way i think he does enough things well that he'll be in the league for a long time um so yeah I, i think brooklyn where there would be a lot of guys that can have the ball in their hands and he would just have to do the little things where he, he's a guy that does a lot of the little things really well. I think that would be a great fit for him. So uh, 28 is, uh, I think, I think we know this team. It's Philadelphia. Um, Never heard of them. <laughs> I, I'm not sure how their season ended. Uh, I, I, I didn't see them in the finals. So I assume they didn't reach the finals, but. I, that, I assume
0: I, their organization <laughs> does not exist.
3: Yeah. Uh, Daniel, <laughs> what, do you, what are you doing for the Sixers? <laughs> um, I'm really surprised
0: by the guys who are left here. And I'm actually a little upset by the guys who are left here just because I feel like I don't have an easy decision. Um, like, come on, guys, help me out here. But uh, I'm like debating, I think, between Corey Kisper and Chris Duarte right here, which I'll just go ahead and say it because um, I mean, these are this is my last pick here in this mock. So it really doesn't make any sense to hide it. Um, see, because the thing is, Kisper. Like, and both of them are older prospects, although there's a difference between, like, Kispern's old for a draft pro- prospect. And Chris Duarte is old for a draft prospect. Chris Duarte is the oldest guy in the draft at 24 years, four years old. Um, Still very good, though, and I like – I prefer Duarte's defensive ability. His, he definitely much better at rim pressure. The handle's a lot better, and I have a big – I really believe in guys with the handle and what they can do. Um, Also, like, just – I think I just think Duarte, like, I love having the guy. Who I think, like, I don't know if he's an advantage creator at the next level, but I think he has the chance to create some advantages where Kispert, like, I think I just don't trust Kispert's handle as much, but the size difference is a big thing. And while they're both good shooters, like, I think Kispert's a little bit better. But I think I'm going to go with Chris Duarte out of Oregon. So the oldest pick in the draft, which I'm sure Sixers fans could say to themselves, like, it, if they pick a 24-year-old who had a good production, the immediate narrative is going to be, oh, this is the plug-and-play. He'll help you right away. The six are our contending team, yada, 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 kind of story, um, which is overblown. I do think there is some merit to it on a very basic level as, yes, Duarte is like – say, like, you know, Kai Jones got taken five of the magic. Like I think right now, objectively speaking, Chris Duarte is a better basketball player than Kai Jones. Chris Duarte is also six years older than Kai Jones, and Kai Jones is – what is it? 6'10", runs like – runs like a gazelle and like what was what was the one play where like he blocked a shot on one hand and then hit like a step back behind the back three on the other like it's like a viral clip on Drafts whatever kai jones just unleashed hell on his opponents but um yeah but chris duarte at 28 i think is just i just I like the ability to slot in as a wing not a ton of size which i've really appreciated the sixers but you know they had to, you know what was it bryce had to go ahead and take kessler at 17 and ruin that dream for me so that that's a guy, but I'll take Chris Duarte here. A guy who's pegged to go a lot higher, has enough size that I think he can slide as a wing guard, a few bigger positions, especially with his strength and then shooting wise, offer stuff, and also
1: can offer like just, oh, I think again a versatile offensive player for the Sixers. You know what's so, nice about Duarte too is that when Joe and making him do the the rookie hazing and he has to go to like get them all a ton of nuggets from Chick Fil A, he can get the senior discount, so that's nice. Ah. Uh, had to throw I, it in. I, I think Chris Duarte
2: will
0: be giving him rookie hazings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, he's he's four years older than Tyrese Maxey right now. But uh, Bryce Giannis
1: you... is two years older than Chris Duarte. Okay, shut up and make the pick for the Sun. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So man, I cannot believe Corey Kispert is here. Um I mean he was options. There are still some names. This is my you know, this is my final pick, so I'll say some names too. I believe Keon Johnson is still here. Uh, Josh Primo is still here. Corey Kispert, like I meant, like, like there's still some names here. My guy, Matt Mitchell is here. No one else has him in the first round, but I do. Um, but to me, if you're, if you're the sons, uh, there's no pick here other than Corey Kispert with him falling this low. Um, this is like about where I think the proper value is um, for Corey Kispert, but you know, it, This is a good pick for them. It's not he's 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 ranked far too high in, in, you know, sort of the consensus, I feel like. And I I think most of us feel the same way. But at twenty nine, that's a more than worthwhile pick. He's a really good shooter at at six, eight who makes smart plays defensively, even though he's he's pretty slow. So, you know, I'll I'll take that value here at twenty nine.
2: Yeah, that's a good value, I think, Um, especially like if this were to actually up draft night, which it won't. But uh, uh, I appreciate you leaving me, I think, for your jazz. This is actually like an ideal fit. Um, I'm going to go with Keon Johnson here. Um, I know they really need athleticism, especially on the wing. Keon Johnson certainly provides that Um, as a defender. uh, Obviously not the best shooter or, or handler right now, but they seem to have that covered in other areas. Um, I think he's a good uh, fit for what they need, and you're not really going to find this sort of upside this this late. So I'm going to go with Keon Johnson here with the last pick of the first round.
3: All right, so Johnson to Utah to close out our first round mock draft here. Um, before you guys go, and I, I we or are Sixers podcast primarily, um, and the Sixers also have a pick at fifty. Is there any guys? Slotted mid to late second round, that you really feel w- could jump up or, or not jump up in the draft, but just could surpass that kind of mock draft slotting. You really feel like they have a lot more upside than they're being get, given not, credit for. Not Luca
0: Garza, who the Sixers worked out, and I don't want them to pick. <laughs> sorry, Luca. I think you are an unbelievable college player. I do think you have NBA value as a drop killer if your shot's really there and can post up some stuff. Uh, we'll get. Like there's no playoff setting where Luca Garza works. Uh, There's just none. He's the dude. He can't. He can't run. Like you. We. You've seen Nate Gary play, Sean. Like it's the same thing. Like the dude can't run. Like I. I don't know what else to say. So like. no, not Luca Garza. Um, (laughs)
1: Okay. uh, The the name all. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Dan.
0: I'll just throw because I. I actually have a Sixers draft pod coming out on him later. uh, Sam Houser out of Virginia shooter size like unbelievable shooting track record just a guy i think you can bet on is like can survive just due to the size and then just an unreal shooter on one end of the on the other
1: end of the court so that would be a guy i would target yeah he'd help out if you're going to keep ben simmons too uh which is a sore subject i'm sure um the the names i'll throw out were are, are the two guys who i i have his first round grades but are almost certainly going to go second round and that's matt mitchell and david johnson um i think David Johnson's more of an interesting, feel like that would be a tougher fit because the shot's not all the way there yet. But I think there is reasons to believe in the shot. And then he's just at six five; he's a really good like swat, slashing wing guard type player uh, who who really gets downhill and makes smart passes, or maybe not smart passes, but he makes good passes. Um, and then Matt Mitchell, I think you know, good spacer, six six, really strong, probably plays some good defense. Uh, just sort of as a as an all around bet to. fill in and maybe you know unlike Luca garza step up his value in the playoffs like i like matt mitchell in that role
2: yeah um i'm a big matt mitchell fan but not quite as high as bryce uh and the the two names i'll throw out there one is ej onu um somebody who i know draft twitter likes a lot um he's seven foot with like a seven foot eight wingspan and shot 40 percent from three and average like uh, I think like three blocks or something crazy at, but at a really low level on the NA IA uh, Shawnee state bears. So that is why people aren't, you know, uh, putting him as high at necessarily just because he played at such a low level. So he's going to have some adjustments to make uh, going to the NBA that said, if, if, you know, all things go right for him and develops, that could be a, a huge late round steal for any team. Um, And then the other guy I'll throw out there is Isaiah Livers for the Sixers. Um, I I, I love
0: Isaiah Livers. Just Yeah, I'll just throw it in there. Like, I I will endorse Stone's endorsement of Isaiah Livers. (laughs) I will endorse your
2: endorsement of my endorsement. Um, I think Livers is a really good defender, Um, like really good defender, Uh, really good three-point shooter. Closeouts do not affect him at all. Um, so pretty much everything, like any team looks for in a three and D type guy, livers can provide that as just a straight up three and D like that's all he's going to give you, but he's really good at both. Um, so I, I think that makes a lot of sense for the Sixers at 50 as well.
3: All right. So good, good names to keep an eye on. Um, thank you guys for all the analysis on these prospects, um, draft a week away. So I know I'm a lot, better informed than I was an hour ago. So hopefully the listeners were as well, Daniel, I'll let you uh, close it out, and these guys can plug all their yeah, work.
0: Just so it won't, we'll go through the draft one last time here again, huge thanks to Bryson stone for doing it with us, doing this with us. That's not a good sign. So I'm about to read off all these names. I'm going to take a deep <laughs> breath. Pistons, Cade Cunningham, Rockets, Evan Mobley, Cavaliers, Jalen Green, Raptors, Jalen Suggs, Magic, Kai Jones, Thunder, Moses Moody, Warriors, Josh Giddy, Magic, Zyre Williams, Kings, Scotty Barnes, Pelicans, Franz Wagner, Hornets, Jonathan Kaminga, Spurs, JT, Thor, Pacers, Jared Butler, Warriors, Trey Murphy, Wizards, Trey Mann, <gasps> Thunder, Jaden Springer, Grizzlies, Kessler Edwards, Thunder, Usman Garuba, Knicks, Sharif Cooper, Hawks, Cam Thomas, Knicks, James Book Knight. Lakers, Davion Mitchell, Rock- Rockets, Josh Christopher, Rockets, Deuce, Deuce McBride, Clippers, Jalen Johnson, Nuggets, Bones, Highland, Nets, Jeremiah Robinson-Earl, Sixers, Chris Duarte, Suns, Corey Kispert, and the Utah Jazz of Keon Johnson. Bryce Stone, what do you got to plug? Um,
2: you can follow me and all my work uh, at report underscore court on Twitter. Um, I also co-host a podcast called Upside Swings with Bryce and our other uh, buddy, Sports by Davis. Um. <clears throat> We go really in-depth on prospects and do evaluations, and our latest series was uh, interviewing people for each team and how they view their draft nights, uh, one of which was you for the 76ers, um, which was a blast. Uh, I want to thank you for having us on. Uh, It was a lot of fun, even though we probably never get invited because Bryce took Custer Edwards at 17. Um, But uh, I had a lot of fun, so thank you.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm at Bryce Hendrick 14 on Twitter. You can find all my work. Uh, I, I write about the draft and sometimes it's not about the draft. It just sort of depends. Uh, all that is on Roll Call Sports. Um, and then, yeah, we had Dan on uh, the pod. So I mentioned that 30-team series. Uh, it's been nuts. It's been a crazy draft season. But uh, this was awesome. Thank you so much, Dan.
0: Yeah, thank you guys so much for coming on the show with us. We had a great time. Yeah, please go subscribe to the Upside Swings podcast. Please subscribe to the Liberty Ballers podcast if you want to hear more of us. Thank you all for listening, and we will all talk to you next time.